Aaron's Repair and Service Kauai specializes in automotive, gas, diesel, and heavy equipment repair from the family car to commercial fleet services island-wide. Call Aaron today to schedule an on-site estimate, 808-631-8758. I know you came for the talk. I hope you'll stay for the impact. This is Teak Talk. Let's begin. Here we are in another episode. It is the Teak Talk podcast. This is going to be episode seven. And today is a really, really special day for me. I mean, the Teak Talk podcast is a new podcast, as you know, if you've been following along. It started on September 4th. We do a new episode every Monday. And if this is your first time here, I want to thank you for giving me an opportunity to be a part of your day, a part of your life, a part of your week each and every Monday when a new show comes up, all right? If you are returning and you've been here before, I want to say thank you for your continued love and support. And if you don't know, the Teak Talk podcast is on overcoming adversity and navigating life with but not limited to a physical disability. As you know, I've talked about it. I have spina bifida. And the goal is to create a resource and a place where people can connect and gain support in living life with their disability, whatever it happens to be. So if you are a parent, if you are a sibling, an aunt, an uncle, or if you yourself have a disability, you're in the right place. And I always forget to say this. If you want to become a part of the show, if you want to connect, you can email me at inspireindustrieshawaii at gmail.com. That's inspireindustrieshawaii at gmail.com. It's a way for you to get involved, get connected. I will answer your questions. And if you have questions, comments, show ideas, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to know where you're listening from, what state, what country, and I would love to share it on the show. Now, as we jump into today, as you heard me say earlier, it's a really special day for me. This is the very first time I get to have a guest on Teak Talk. But more importantly, it's the guest that is the special part. I promise you that. I have known this gentleman for more than 20 years, probably going on 30 years uh, soon. Tells us we're getting older. He really needs no introduction, and I'm going to let him in- introduce himself. But I can tell you this. We've been through a lot together. We've experienced a lot in life together, and we have attended camps uh, for and youth groups for children with disabilities together for many years. And that's why I wanted to bring him in to this episode, because he brings a wealth of knowledge to the table, and he is an incredible person inside and out, a true leader, if you will. And I couldn't ask for anybody else to be doing an episode like this with me. My friend sitting across the table, I'll let you introduce yourself. Tell me your name. Tell me where you're from. Tell me who you are. Yeah, what's up, Teak? How's what it up? going, man? Thanks for having me on here. Uh, Teak Talk. Uh, been listening to the last couple episodes of everything, so super excited to, you know, you you called me up and we were able to collab. My name is Sean Suyoka. Uh, I am a fellow Austinmate of Teak and. Like you said, we, we've been together for a while. Um, I think we first met, I was about 14 or so. You're a little bit older. Um, and, you know, it was at one of, these, one of these camps that we've done before. And, you know, we've just stayed connected all this time. But, um, yeah, a little bit about myself is just was born with anal rectal malformation. That's the new name, right? So the right. imperforated anus was what it was. Uh, we have, um, more simply to put it, it's IBD, irritable bowel disease. 
Um, you know, there's like Crohn's, colitis, uh, a bunch of other ones out there. But yeah, we're all kind of some kind of um, GI. And I had for myself, you, I think you said you had 20 surgeries in one episode. So you definitely got me. I got uh, I had 12 surgeries uh, before the age of three. Um, luckily for me, I don't remember too much about any of those. Those were before right. um, anything happened to me or anything like that. But yeah, just uh, been grinding away just like you in life. Um, you know, we learn to live with these medical conditions and these changes that we had to come with. And it's new every day. You know, we kind of figure it out here and there once in a while, um, you know, taking care of ourselves and all that stuff. Um, 35 years old um, and living on Oahu and hopped over to Kauai to talk to my good friend, Teek. I appreciate that, brother. Now, one of the things that I want to highlight about Sean is you heard his diagnosis. And while it may sound extreme to some, Sean lives a full, and I mean full and healthy life, doing anything and everything that he wants to do, as far as I'm concerned. And one of the things I want to talk about is his education and his career, because he comes with one heck of a resume when it comes to education. So Sean, tell me about your schooling and where you went and what you have as far as a degree. Yeah, and I think even when you talked about it, I probably should explain maybe a little bit what anorectal malformation. So basically, um, it's born the it's a born defect for um, babies where and it's always checked for by the doctors and the nurses right away, so they know right away um, that you have it. And it's a it's an anomaly of a a disease, but um, basically the um, intestines is not connected to the anus and they have to create a hole for the stool to come out of. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what they had to create for me. A lot of times you get an emergency colostomy bag. So at one point I had a colostomy bag um, when I was super young until about age of two or so. And then they reversed it, connected me fully. So I, like you said, fully functioned, you know, like I, right now, how I manage my, uh, my bowel, management plan is I do uh, four pills of 25 milligram laxatives. And then as soon as I eat that day, I'm going to the bathroom. So um, pretty nicely controlled for the most part. Um, I can go a day or two without taking it. So if I don't want to go to the bathroom that day, I can kind of manage it that way. But also being able to take the pills and um, stimulate that bowel movement so that, you know, it's on my terms versus when growing up, you know, it was diapers, it was enemas, it was trying to figure out, you know, how this thing works. And that wasn't until college, uh, really, that I figured it out. And even in college, I wasn't quite um, quite figured out. But yeah, so I uh, graduated from Roosevelt High School on Oahu. And then, yep, the Rough Riders. And then I went away to college. Uh, that was a big step. Um, everyone was super worried. I th I'm sure my grandma and I was raised by my grandparents and my mom was around. And you know, my whole family was very invested in our situa my situation and everything. But I definitely think like they were, they were worried about me going away. I uh, went to Northern Arizona University in Flagstaff, got my bachelor's degree over there in exercise science. Um, when came back home, didn't quite know what I was going to do. Just like, you know, most uh, or some college kids, I should say, 
come back in and we're kind of figuring out. I did PE teaching for a little bit. I worked at PacMed for a little bit, which is a medical supply company. They supply ostomy uh, companies. I worked at a Safeway. I did uh, a couple of other odd jobs. Just trying to figure out, you know, what to do. All managing, you know, this uh, life that we have of IBD and everything. And so um, along the way, I got into the state jobs and ended up at Chaminade University. And it was Chaminade was actually a real blessing um, working there. I was an assistant AD there for like five years under uh, my mentor, Bill Villa. Uh, he's retired now. Um, but he was the athletic director at Chaminade. And he really encouraged me to grow as a person. And I give a lot of credit to who I am today because of him. Uh, but also just education-wise, that was also a chance for me to get my master's there. Um, so I got my master's over there at uh, Chaminade. And, you know, the nice thing about working at a university, um, they get your education for free. So didn't have to pay <laughs> too much. I, there's a little bit of payments, but nothing to the extent of what most people have to pay for, you know, your master's and things like that. And then, uh, yeah, right now, just uh, I, I've... In one year into my new job as athletic director at uh, Damian Morrill School on Oahu. So we're, we're figuring it out every day and, you know, grinding it away. You know, there are so much, there are so many things that I want to say about Sean because, uh, as you just heard, he is now the athletic director just about a year or a little over a year now at Damian Memorial High School on Oahu. And to know where we come from, to know what we've come through in order to get to where we are today and to see a dear friend of mine become an athletic director. Now, we all know that that is no joke of a, of a career. I mean, that's a very heavy-hitting career, and you're influencing a lot of high school kids. The impact is great. To see somebody who has been through what Sean's been through and to be able to manage his life in a way that he can be a successful athletic director is nothing short of incredible to me. And that's why that's one of the many reasons I look up to Sean and he knows that. Um, I do want to go back a little bit because as we talk about what you do as an athletic director, first of all, being here in Hawaii, I think our athletic directors do a little bit more traveling than say the ones, the athletic directors in the continental states. And that in and of itself, traveling is no joke, especially nowadays with delays and canceled flights and just the chaos and stress of it all. I mean, you enjoy traveling, though. That's how I do. And so that is one of the things that you actually love about it. But you have been able to find a level of health in yourself that allows you to travel. You've been able to figure out what works for you in managing your condition. And that has been the key or the secret, I would say, to being able to be so successful. Yeah. I think um, being able to trust your body and trust that it's going to, you know, listen to you and cooperate. behave and yeah, cooperate is definitely something like, I, you don't get there overnight. And I know there's some listeners on here are trying to find the answer and the quick, you know, um, solve to it. You know, and some days it works, some days it doesn't work. You know, a lot of times it's what you eat. Um, you got to figure out, you know, those things that are going to trigger you and then it's going to cause the diarrhea or it's going to cause the constipation. And like, you got to be like, hey, I'm going to avoid that. Or the timing, maybe it's in the morning, maybe it's in the evening. And a lot of it's trial by error. You know, like I can sit here and tell you like, hey, what works best for me? 
But a lot of times, you know, everybody's different and everybody's got this, you know, different thing to their how they're going to take care of themselves, how they eat, how they can take meds and things like that. Because what works for me will not work for everybody. It won't work for you. You know, right. and, and same things for your listeners. It's very much a trial error. But yeah, like for traveling wise, um, you know, I think you mentioned it earlier, just being ready and careful, like ready in case something happens. So having those extra change of clothes, being careful. I'm not going to eat like a buttload of pizza, you know, before I get on here, or I'm not going to um, eat something too saucy or anything like before I get on a plane ride. So, you know, you're, you want to be conscious of all that kind of stuff. And if you're a person who, like I think you said earlier, like sit close to the bathroom, if that's something you want to do. Uh, there's many times when I don't even eat anything before I get on a plane just because I'm so worried, like, I don't want to have to go. Or I won't take my meds um, when I go fly over um, to the continental U.S. Maybe neighbor islands is, you know, a little bit easier. Right. But for sure, like, continental U.S., there's a lot of planning that goes into when you make that trip. Right. And something I want to bring up is I, uh, in a previous episode, I did a thing about air travel and I did a... I highlighted a particular situation that happened, I believe, on September 1st, where a particular passenger, I believe on a United Airlines flight, I could have that wrong, but just because I'm going off the top of my head as you know, I think about this stuff, the idea that someone was on a plane had a severe bout of diarrhea that was, of course, unexpected, unplanned. And I don't know specifically if this particular passenger did or did not have any kind of disability. The reason why I brought that up in an episode was because for all we know, they very well could have a disability. And unfortunately, that's probably the hardest, most extreme situation that I can think of happening to someone, anyone, but much less somebody with a disability because the, and going off a little bit on a tangent here, talking to someone that goes through those kinds of things and goes through just managing a bowel and bladder disability will tell you, as everybody does know, bullying and cyberbullying and just the mental anguish that that person had to go through and will go through the rest of their life because they'll never forget that experience is immense. When we talk about going through something like that, you talk about worrying about things like suicide because that will send you over the edge really quickly, something along that line. From what I know of the different stories that were shared, people did treat that person as best as they could and you know, I'm sure it's not going to always, it wasn't always pretty, but they did their best. And that was what I wanted to highlight in that is that at times we were put in positions that we don't anticipate and is out of our control. And the only thing we can hope is that we're going to be shown the decent love and respect from one human to another. And we would be doing that if it was somebody that happened in our close proximity. If it happened to somebody that we were able to, that we were next to or near, we would do our best as people with disabilities who understand that that is going to be what we would do. As we move on, I want to touch on camps and youth groups and why camps and youth groups are important for people with disabilities. Sean and I, as you heard, have been together through a lot of different ones over the years as we've grown up. I think 
Primarily, the two that we are affiliated with are the special buddy connection out of the island of Oahu that serves the state of Hawaii for kids. I want to say, do we know the actual age group? Is it 11 to 17? They do, I think, 10, and then depending on the, the kid and the parent's relationship with the medical staff, they've taken some younger ones as well. But usually, okay. um, I think it's 18 at the graduating level. Uh-huh. You know, they graduated high school, but before that, I think they'll take up to like eight years old or so. And it happens every year, I want to say in the month of April, And it's a one-day camp, so if you live on the island of Oahu, you will come in that morning and everybody goes home the next day. If you are an outer island child or you're coming in from an outer island, even as a chaperone, you will likely fly in that morning, land really early. The day is really busy and a lot of fun. And again, you'll fly home the next day. You do stay overnight together and you fly home the next day. It is a camp that we've been doing. Uh, The founder, I believe, is a woman named Ann Jimbo, who we've known for a long, long time. Dr. Ann Jimbo, to be specific now. She's an incredible lady that I've known for all my life, I would say, at least for 30 years and I'm 37. So we go back a long time. She's the founder of this camp, and it is incredible. We'll have to try and get her on the show on an episode uh, to talk about it and to talk about everything that uh, she has accomplished over the years in this realm of camp and youth group uh, stuff. I'm going to turn it over to you, Sean, and I want you to tell me, what do you think, why do you think camps and youth groups are important for maybe parents to get their kids involved in who have different disabilities? Kamoa Events LLC is Kauai's premier wedding and event hosting service. Kamoa Events specializes in delivering authentic, memorable experiences for their clients. Wedding officiant and MC extraordinaire Moi Alaiafune is one of the best in the industry. From officiating your dream Kauai wedding to MCing your reception, Moi will make your special day one to remember. Kamoa Events, call to book today at 808-753-2484. That's 808-753-2484. Did you know the abacus can teach children to calculate equations in their head quickly and accurately in just 10 minutes a day? But abacus lessons on average cost $160 a month. A West Kauai nonprofit called Nawe is building the abacus app so any child can have access to abacus lessons for $9.99 a month. To learn more or support the project, go to 336.org slash abacus. That's 33six.org slash abacus. Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of different components to a camp that you can't provide in the household. And there's a lot of things that happen at camp that you can't simulate or you can't create um, necessarily in a school setting and you can't create in just a family setting in general. Um, You know, as a family, you're so supportive. You want to be there for your child. You want to be the rock and you want to be everything that they can or need, I should say. But there's just a little bit of misunderstanding that's there. Um, And you can relate to probably, tell me if I'm wrong, that, you know, no one understands what we're going through in our household. Like, we can tell them. We can tell them this. We can tell them that. But no one really gets it. And, you know, and it's just like anything else, you know, whether it's um, a problem someone has or a mental condition or, you know, it doesn't have to be isolated to to a medical condition. But in this case in point, you know, like there's nobody else who will understand us to the fullest 
than the people at this camp. And that's because you're, you're creating a community. And that's what it is. Like, you know, a, a second family and a community, that's, that's the most important thing you're creating there. An opportunity for your child or whoever is going to this camp to explore, to learn about themselves, and to really find out, you know, um, it's okay. You know, and there, there's, there's a light at the end of this tunnel, and it's not all bad. And it's not all going to be, um, you know, dark and gloomy for the rest of my life. And a lot of times you end up meeting some of your best friends there. You, you end up meeting a lot of people who just understand you, counselors who are um, have gone through it. And they're able to provide you with maybe some tips and advice of, you know, what they do. Um, and the medical staff is just phenomenal there as well. Like you talked about Ann Jimbo. I don't know where we are today without that lady. And, she, you know, she has been such a core piece to that for so long. Um, and with the special buddy connection and also the national level as well. But with the special buddy connection, I think she's really um Develop that into a couple of different things. You know, there's an educational piece, so kids are learning more about themselves. And I think that's and that's an important thing to kind of talk about is, you know, learning not just because, you know, we don't know, but also about other things about ourselves that maybe we wanted to explore. So some kids, you know, like they might have, you know, a XYZ uh, medical condition, and they do A and B um, to take care of themselves, but maybe they want to try C out. And this gives them the chance to kind of explore that, take a look at it, see how other people are doing it. But yeah, it's definitely the community and you know the ability for um, everyone together to come together and everyone to relate and like a support group and just be able to um, you know lean on each other and talk to everybody without the BS around it, without you know, everyone just being, oh, poor Teak or poor Sean, you know, you have to go through all this kind of stuff. And then I think that's what it is. You know, like there's another kid out there that, you know, when I first thought went there, I thought I was all by myself. And I'm, I'm sure you thought you thought the same way. And, you know, you go over there and you meet this kid that's got like double the amount of surgeries you had. And you're like, oh, wait a second. Now I'm complaining about this many or they've, you know, can't even control their stool or their bladder or whatever it is. And, you know, you, you really get put into a perspective of like, man, you know, not to not to say anybody else is worse or anything, but they're like, my life situation isn't that bad. And it kind of puts you into a humbleness of like, what what am I really complaining about for that's how, that's how I took it. And then, uh, you know, in some cases, you know, just being able to talk to somebody about poop is, you know, a great experience and being able to like just community and support group and all and, you know second family it, it's it's that's what it's all about it's it's not necessarily you know where we are or you know the activity we're doing because the activities change every year sometimes it's you know a magic show sometimes it's um going to play video games and this is what i always tell um when we're starting to plan these things like these kids really don't care too much what we're doing they just want to hang out with each other because right. they just want to be with somebody else 
who is going through the same thing they're going through and um, something that they're going and it's funny enough that you brought this up because we actually just had our first planning meeting so it is in April um, I'm blanking on the bl- the date right now so I, I, I want to give a shout out to the date at some point I'll look later on my phone we'll um, definitely what, talk what, about uh, when it's all about but yeah this this camp is done and you too I mean like you can talk about it like what this camp has done for the both of us well I actually want to point out something that you touched on and that is the 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 impact that Ann Jimbo has had on our lives specifically because of what she has created within the Special Buddy Connection and the connection that she's just always had to us. Because I think she's known both of us prior to that organization being set up, for one, and she's always been there for us as a medical professional and someone to lean on, someone for our parents to lean on that happen to need a help in answering questions or getting things, you know, figured out and has been the backbone to a lot of what we've accomplished and where we are today, the people that we are today. So we owe a lot to her in that. And with that, I want to actually just put it out there very directly. If you or someone you know may be interested in coming to camp, you want to go on to the Hawaii Association for Wound, Ostomy, and Continence Care, and you want to look up the Special Buddy Connection, the SBC. And on there, you'll be able to get answers to questions that you may already have, and you can fill out a form that will tell you how to attend camp. We would love to have you, your child, involved in this uh, because Sean and I have reaped the benefits over our lifetime so far in having a resource such as this to be able to do exactly what Sean said earlier, and that is connect with people. Uh, Give us a community of support and create lifelong connections, friendships, and most importantly, a network that When we were kids, we could have never imagined how it would benefit us today. And it's just an incredible thing. So if you get the opportunity and you know someone, please check out the website, send them there. It is, again, the Hawaii Association for Wound, Ostomy, and Continence Care. Now, as we turn the page here on the Teak Talk podcast, I want to talk about the different things and ways that you can do to find a camp and or youth group that may be in your area. One of the things that we realize being out here in Hawaii where we're on separate islands and so on and so forth, and it is harder to connect in different ways. I'll start by saying that I think the best place to inquire about youth groups and support groups for kids with disabilities or anyone for that matter is with your doctors, with your nurses, your hospital, your social worker or counselors in and around the hospital setting is where you want to look. Now, of course, you can go to your local county and call your local, I'm assuming, county mayor's office, a department of health that may be near you, all of those places, because they would know of support groups as well. So that's something to think of as well there. I also believe if you have a child in school, talking to your school's counseling department may be a good idea because they likely have resources with psychologists and stuff that may have access to a list of youth groups in your area. That's a great thing and a resource to be able to take advantage of. And I think psychologists directly are another one. I don't know about you, Sean. I can't speak for you, but you can you can tell us. I know I had a psychologist and saw a psychologist every week, if not 
twice a week or whatever from as far back as I can remember all the way up through 12th grade. Yeah, I think um, I can't remember when I stopped going, but I definitely had a child psychologist that I didn't really know that it was psychology or psych, uh, a psychiatrist thing. Cause I thought we were just playing Uno, you know, <laughs> I would go uh, once a week or whatever it was and she would be playing Uno and I'm like, all right, I got to win this week, you know, I'm not, yeah. but, um, you know, we would talk about stuff and I wouldn't really think too much about it. And that's what it was, you know, you know, I was playing games and talking right. to, um, a psychologist, uh, then. So, uh, but yeah, I think it's, it's super helpful. Like I think we get into, um, especially nowadays you're in such a, a phase of mental health is such a important and focused thing in in our world um that even for a child like trying to have them um just to understand things because a lot of times you're educating them in the same point you know we're trying to get them to understand um the importance of it and, and then unpacking it along the way as well you know and then you don't end up like an adult later on in life where you're like, oh, that probably was a little disturbing, but I didn't really talk about it type of thing. So uh, I, I think 100% that it's it's important. Um, and even if your kid's like, I don't want to do it, you know, I mean, you and I were both like, I don't want to go to this camp or I, at least I was. I was. Yeah, for sure. So then, you know, like, but at the end of the day, like, give them a shot. At it. If, they, if they really don't like it, then you like, at least we tried kind of a thing. But Versus, I will say... I will interject and say, if they don't like it, if it's not something that they become attached to and look forward to each and every year, it'll shock me. It will shock me. And that leads me to sharing our experiences with the Special Buddy Connection and something else that we will get into on a later show, and that is something called the Youth Rally, which is the national version of what we have here in Hawaii with the Special Buddy Connection. But first off, let's talk about it. The Special Buddy Connection first, Sean. Tell me what you've gotten out of it. Tell me how it's benefited you. Tell me, if you want to tell me a story that you recall, it's up to you. Yeah, well, a little history on the Special Buddy Connection uh, itself. It's just for 11 through 17-year-olds or 18-year-olds. Like we, we said, they go younger and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of it is just for the teens to learn, um, communicate, educate, and kind of get into a, you know, a situation. So it's about one day, like we talked about. Um, usually there's a couple of different sessions. There's like an icebreaking session. There's an education part. Um, there's a couple of other learning parts. And then we also do a mental health section, which is really good. Um, they bring a, a psychologist in that runs that part. Um, I will say that just a disclaimer: they're not gonna solve any, you know, mental health things in this session, uh, and that's definitely something about the camps. You know, like they're not there to solve all the problems, but at least give the. And this is what the camp, the real main of the goals of the camp is, is to give the kids a chance um, to to have a good day or have a good week or experience something, and then we say quote unquote normal and things like that. So. I think for me, um, you know, it's hard as I, as the years go by, I forget a little bit more and more when I was a camper. Um, absolutely changed my life for sure. Um, I think knowing that I wasn't the only person, knowing that uh, 
this is not the worst thing in the world and that there's other people who have gone before me and have done great things with it or have survived this or moved on and done things with their lives. I think knowing that I wasn't the only one was a big deal. And that's a big deal for any person. Um, when you feel trapped alone, you know, you ask the questions. Why me? You ask the questions. Should I kill myself? Absolutely. You ask those questions. And this camp, any, any camp for a child, like their main goal is just to make them feel like any other kid. And I think that's what uh, most of the times I see in the now as a counselor going back, giving back and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's the only hope I get because I because the kids come in. There's a few of them that they'll have like a mental condition or they'll, they'll have suicide ideation. And, you know, for us, it hits our hearts hard. But, you know, you got to think about it. We were there, too. So it's like helping these kids to understand that, you know, independence and, you know, we're in a position where we're getting better and we're trying to improve ourselves and all this and stuff. It's not all sunshines and roses. It's going to be some tough times, but it's not the end of the world. And I think a lot of these um, kids that are coming through now, you know, they're, they're strong. They're, they're much, uh, and the me- the science and the medical has improved since you and I were going through it all. Uh, there's so many crazy things that are out there nowadays that are improving. I've seen like some of the kids would show off there when they go to the beach or the pool, they have like a surgery scar or something and it's like so neat and tight and like they fixed it with a laser type of thing. And you know, it's like, I was like looking at my scars and I was like, well, it would have been useful back then. But uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of different, sci- uh, science has changed, the kids have changed. Um, but in the end, it's still all the same where these kids just want to belong. You know, they don't want to be isolated. They don't want to be that kid in the corner that doesn't know how to control their poop or anything like that. So, yeah, I 100% agree with you when we're talking about the importance of the camp and finding the right camp and things like that. So if, you know, your irritable bowel or um, poop or bladder condition is something that's bothering your child or you're worried about it, please send your kids because, yeah, it's one of those things where, um, just the just the day they you'll you'll see the change and the difference in them, um, and actually a funny story I just was I was at Punahou on a walk with the other day and I was walking around and then one of the kids ran up to me and said hello because he was there for his cousin's uh, senior night and so he was and I forgot that they were there and we saw the mom and the mom thanks me for everything we did and all that kind of stuff so it was really cool to see the kid and you know outside of it and everything and he just like they look up to you right after that and they're just having that adult figure that um made it afterwards and you know able to take care of their condition they really need that support and knowing that this isn't it and this isn't the worst part of my life type of thing you know i don't know that i can add anything further to anything that sean has just expressed because i agree one thousand percent and it just goes to show that the camps and youth groups that we've been able to be a part of has made us who we are, has given us the tools and the framework to navigate life and survive adolescence, to get to 35, 37, whatever we are today in our mid-30s. You know, 
that in and of itself is proof that they are worth every bit of love and respect for what they do. Sean, especially just everything that he does alone, uh, he is a very inspirational guy. He is a very motivational guy. You just heard uh, how you know former campers or current campers are seeing him outside of the week of camp and running up to him, talking story, having a good old time. It takes a special person to be able to connect on that level with someone with the level of trust and the level of respect that is needed to bring that kind of a, of a relationship to fruition and to attain it and keep it that way as life goes on. I think this is a good time to wrap this episode of the Teak Talk podcast up. Sean, I really can't say and put to words how special it is that I get to have you as my first guest on the Teak Talk podcast, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. It's going to be... Um, fun as we continue on this journey of what the Teak Talk podcast is. I look forward to having Sean again on many episodes to come. And I know he's going to be one of your favorite guests. Just don't email me and say, hey, can Sean take over the show? Because that's not going to happen. He's going to have to fight me for it. No, I'm kidding. Stay tuned. Make sure you're ready for the next episode next week, Monday, because I promise you're not going to want to miss that one. We're going to follow it up talking about the youth rally, which is the national version of our local camp that we have here in Hawaii. And I'm going to dedicate an entire episode to that. Maybe multiple. We'll have to see because it is that incredible, just like the camp that we have here in Hawaii. Until the next episode, I'm Teak. That's Sean Suyoka. And I want to thank you for making me a part of your Monday each and every week right here on the Teak Talk Podcast. Until next time, I'm saying aloha, and that guy is saying aloha. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Teak Talk Podcast. The views and opinions shared in the episode by the host and any guest are solely theirs. Teak Talk is intended for informational purposes only and should never be used as legal, medical, or professional advice. We are not responsible for any losses, damages, or liabilities in any form that may arise from the use of this podcast. Having a baby is truly one of life's miracles. Documenting your journey and experience is an absolute must, and Tiny Love Kauai is a name you can trust. To book your session today, visit tinylovekauai.com. That's tinylovekauai.com.